love them. Yeah. They really are for everybody. They're great jeans. Yeah. Well, I have to try them. You have to. <laughs> they're really, they're really good. Will they fit this COVID? Yes. Okay. Yes, they will. <laughs> yes. Listen, Thought I would ask. They fit this COVID. <laughs> okay. Okay. If they fit three, no, two COVID butts, <laughs> we'll be fine. Yeah, she's she's acting yeah, like she got some behind. And when you get finished with those jeans and decide you don't like them, give them to me. I'm going to make two pairs. Oh, All right. Oh, 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 Barbara. Okay, so now we don't like you. What's the wait, 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 wait. Oh. Let me just tell you something. Yeah. Sarah Haynes and uh, Jill Biden wore that dress already on yeah. TV. That's yeah. not true. Long time no talk. How's everyone doing? I feel fine. My feet are wet because I spilled water on the carpet in our last episode. But you guys didn't even know because I am a a professional, and I didn't hi, uh, I didn't give away the fact that my socks were um, soaking wet. So just a little behind the scenes info for you guys. Now they are. Do you need another pair of socks? <laughs> Do you have another pair? Is this sponsored content? Are there any socks nearby right um, now? I'm actually fine because these socks are made from the finest of material. <laughs> they are so long lasting um, and quick drying. So I'm actually fine now. Okay. Well, we're back and it's time to discuss the view. More of the same. <laughs> Yeah, so I'm going to introduce our new co-host, whose name is Michael, and he has a question for us. Oh my goodness, Deja the View, this is for my girls all around the world. I love this podcast and I love The View. So my name is Michael Anthony Butler. I DM you guys quite a bit because, you know, I have a lot of thoughts about the show. And uh, my question is... What do you guys think about season 25 so far? How do you like the vibe? I personally love the vibe. Everybody seems so happy. And, you know, like Anna said, everything just feels a lot warmer on set. I'm really happy they're back on, on set and, like, live, you know, with the studio audience as well. And also very glad that Meghan McCain is gone. So tying into that, what do you think about Meghan's comments on Joy and Whoopi about them treating her uh poorly and it being a toxic work environment what do you guys think about that and do you think joy and whoopi should address it on air he said vocals (laughs) he said brandy nicole and michael (laughs) i am hitting my buzzer i'm turning my chair he said they're gonna change the vocals on the song every three weeks and here's my audition (laughs) Um, yeah, talk about a view update. So it Megan dropped her audiobook Bad mm-hmm. Republican and she has all kinds of comments about the show and the toxic environment mm-hmm. and Whoopi and Joy and how they treated her and I do not think they are going to address this on the show. Absolutely For not. For someone no. who 
has previously said that she does not like when people um, publish tell-alls. She sure is telling it all in this audiobook. <laughs> I'll say that. <laughs> yeah. So I am the only one here who listened to it. I did not plan on listening to it at all. It just happened. It just happened. I listened to it on double speed, and she already talks so fast. So the book is like five hours, and I listened to it in two hours. Oh, my God. most people probably have not read it, but they are familiar with the Variety article that Megan Mm. did about it. So there were two Variety variety articles that came out about it one of of them was uh an exclusive and it was like a print a uh, a printed version of of a section of the audiobook and it was all about what happened on the view and that's the one that people have read probably and that's what i read and then she also did an interview with variety where she kind of like elaborates on certain points that come with up the author in of that. ladies who punch yes that <laughs> that part (laughs) and so between the two things there's there was a lot said about uh moments that were like the most talked about moments i guess of like megan's time on the view so i have some excerpts from the variety interview that i can take everyone through so that we can all experience it as a group together okay and then I will tell you my takeaways from her book. Please. First of all, the book itself is it's uh it's about her father's death and her experience at the view. So even though there's technically only one chapter about the view, it's mm-hmm. mostly about the view and her <laughs> dealing with her father's death. Okay. So in case anyone is not aware. Right. Um so He asks, why do you think there's so much drama backstage at The View? And she says, my take on the problems of The View are that it's a show with a lot of demons that started in the beginning and none of those demons have been exercised. I want to share an anecdote with you. I ran into Rosie O'Donnell at the premiere of Frozen on Broadway. She said, how's the show going? I said, you know, and she goes, it's not nearly as fun as it should be. That always stuck with me. That is something that is supposed to be really fun, and it's not at all. She also writes in her book a lot about the leaks that went on. And so he asked, did you complain to ABC about the leaks? And she says, I complained to former ABC News president James Goldston, Barbara Fedita, and the new president Kim Godwin, and Galen Gordon. I made official complaints with HR. They knew how I felt, and the excuse was, we don't know how to control it. For the record, Kim almost talked me into staying. She seems like a great leader. When I was leaving, I gave her an explicit rundown of what's wrong with the show and what should change. So one of the major reasons that she's saying she left The View is because of all of the leaks that were going on, Mm -hmm. which is very ironic given that she went to work at the Daily Mail immediately after. Yes. (laughs) That would be like if I was like, um... (laughs) Working at the View, and I have a problem with the leaks. <laughs> like, I actually can't think of like a more bizarre example of like going to the thing that upset you the most. Yeah, basically, what you need to know about this book is that Megan is saying the reason that she left the View is because of three reasons: one, being the leaks; two, being her relationship with Whoopi Goldberg starting to fall apart; and three, being Joy 
specifically saying, I did not miss you when she returned Mm -hmm. from maternity leave, Mm -hmm. which is interesting (laughs) because I don't know if you recall, but I flagged this as it was happening. I remember I said, when Whoopi started talking back to Megan, I said, that's the only thing keeping Megan on the show is the fact Mm -hmm. that she has the respect for Whoopi. And the other thing keeping her on the show is the fact that when she flies off the handle at joy that they later can laugh about it Mm -hmm. right so once they left the studio and were at home not talking as much behind the scenes yeah and Whoopi was talking back to her and joy and her were no longer laughing off their little arguments that's when megan left and the writing was on the wall for a while yeah you could feel it like you could feel the shift in like when they were doing it um virtually and they would have arguments, there was no opportunity for them to get over it. And it's also like, when you close that leave meeting box, you <laughs> can just pretend like the person doesn't exist and you don't have to revisit having to talk to them till the next day when you join the meeting. Whereas like if you're in person, you have to see them backstage and you have to like make things like at, like at least like congenial, you know? Like you can't just like be like avoiding them the whole time. So it made a huge difference and like we everyone could see it happening. I guess I'm more like surprised that it actually like I'm surprised by the joy thing because I was like, I don't know if Megan will let that actually bother her. And then it's like, oh, no, it did actually bother her. Like it was a huge thing. Yeah, she said, I think, in her interview that it was the last time or like that after that point, she never spoke one on one with joy again. But what I think is interesting about these is like the deterioration of her relationship with Whoopi and then obviously also the deterioration of her relationship with Joy, she puts sort of like the onus on them and she's not very Mm self-reflective in this whole situation of like how she maybe contributed to their relationships not being that great in terms of the way she speaks to people and the way she would present her arguments or... Uh, argue back against their arguments Mm -hmm. so it's like there's a real lack of self-awareness all around and when she's talking about the view being a toxic workplace there's absolutely no reflection on her contributions towards it being a toxic workplace and like Mm -hmm. we know that towards the end of abby's time on the view like like her relationship with megan deteriorated and it's because megan didn't want abby talking about her kids because she felt it was some slight to megan Mm-hmm. Um, in the light of Megan's miscarriage. And it's like, I, like, there's so many times where it's like, Megan, this is fine. This uh, this experience you had, I understand where you're coming from, but like take one half step back and look at the bigger picture. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So on the whoopee topic, she says about it, it was horrible to her credit, or specifically about the bitch, please, the bitch, please stop talking. <laughs> specifically about the girl, please stop talking. <laughs> She writes, <laughs> "Bitch, please stop Specifically talking." Specifically about the bitch. <laughs> the bitch is back. 
Oh my god. Specifically about the please stop talking incident, Megan says it was horrible. To her credit, Whoopi apologized the next morning. I would apologize when I messed up. I fucked up a lot on that show. She starts to cry. I don't know why I'm getting emotional talking about this. A lot of this feels like such a waste. It was humiliating for me, and I'm a serious person. I felt like I was being talked to like I was a child and a brat. And when things go viral on Twitter and people write things, it really does impact you. I felt very lonely. I love Whoopi. I felt at a certain point she stopped respecting me, and it was hard. I don't know why I'm crying so much. I wish things could have been different. I know she had her own dark times when I was on the show. Or when I was on the show, she almost died of pneumonia. I wish we had a better leadership that could have stopped a lot of it. And then when he says, better leadership, what are you talking about? And she says, Brian... He tries, and he's just, he's a very decent person. I feel like no one could control anything. But what's so crazy when referencing these moments, like specifically the girl, please stop talking, it's like, well, Megan, like, wh- why did Whoopi yell at you? Mm-hmm. Like, are you, it's on record. <laughs> like, yeah. yeah. We it's can like- all watch that video and see that Megan was steamrolling over everyone, uh, cross talking, interrupting. Yeah. And Whoopi was trying to go to break. It's like <laughs> you can't said, be, stop talking. You can't be really upset when people talk to you like you're a child or a brat if the reason they're doing that is because you're acting like a child and a brat. She's shocked by the consequences of her own actions. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's like we've we've talked about this many times about how like her downfall seems to be her inability to see things from an other person's point of view until it's something that directly uh, she experiences as well like that's what happened with the like paid maternity leave thing and it's like she can't see that when she shuts down people in a way that comes off really rude the way that she's spoken to joy and to sarah before she doesn't see that like they were probably hurt by that too. So if she's hurt by them talking to her that way, you would think that she would see it from their point of view and be like, oh, I was also like speaking rudely to people. But that doesn't seem to have happened. And that's really strange. Yeah. And so then the other thing that she will cite as like a reason she left the show is the joy issue. And she specifically She says that for the longest time, her and Joy had a good dynamic where they would fight and it was fine. But when she came back from maternity leave, she describes it almost as if Joy knew that Megan was vulnerable and deliberately tried to hurt her. Because she says the moment where Joy said, I I did not miss you at all, is another example of like, you can go back and watch that clip. And yes, Joy did kind of cruelly say I did not miss you at all but the lead up to that was that Joy was trying to talk (laughs) and Megan cut her off Joy responded I'm not finished Megan ignored her steamrolled over Mm -hmm. talk 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 until Joy finally said I wasn't finished I'm still talking (laughs) and Megan would not let Joy speak and then Megan just started going, didn't you miss me, Joy? You miss me so much. You miss fighting with me. And Joy said, no, I didn't. I did not miss you at all. The Republican Party is in much more trouble right now because Are you, you have really me? traitors. You have AOC saying you have, Excuse me, am I done? I'm not done. 
Well, it's just that's completely inaccurate. You have AOC fighting right now about whether or not she's going to end up primarying Chuck Schumer, coming out not saying she has the full support of, of Nancy Pelosi and Chuck Schumer. You have the squad that's coming out very intensely, very angry that Biden hasn't filled his cabinet with more progressives. Bernie Sanders also coming out saying he's angry. The idea that there isn't fighting so you, within the Democratic Party speaking. as well... I, I, know I what was you're talking. Saying. Right. I'm talking about. I'm talking okay, about. Somebody so asked. Much. Yeah. Boy, you Traders. missed me so much when I was on maternity leave. You missed me so much. You missed fighting with me. Don't I did not. You miss fighting I did with not me. miss you. And the way that Megan describes this in her book that we didn't see is that she says in the commercial break she started crying and that mm-hmm. she threw up in a trash bin and they didn't know if she was going to be able to go back on air. And she says that she basically had a panic attack and was just so overcome with emotion because she had this narrative in her mind that she had come back from maternity leave and no one missed her and no one wanted her there. And she said, I knew it was going to be everywhere. I was so confused because women, when they have babies, they should be treated respectfully when they come back to work. But it's like, where was the respect that you were giving? (laughs) You can't just like treat people like shit and expect them to give you respect back because you are vulnerable. It's just, it was very strange. But she also in the book gives like a bit more context around that by saying that like when she had Liberty, she had very severe like postpartum depression and all of this anxiety and she said that she wasn't really being super rational at that time and Mm -hmm. that she had convinced herself that like people were gonna hurt liberty and she just like wasn't being herself so she does say that that's part of the reason why she like spiraled out so much after that Mm -hmm. interaction after that interaction she asked to get joy to apologize and joy would not apologize and that's why they never spoke again Yeah, I thought that that was really interesting that she says that she asked if Joy could apologize and the response was there will be no apology. So it it, and I think this was either in the interview, maybe or maybe in a in a another um, interview that she did where she elaborated on it, where they asked, like, did they ask Joy? And she said no. And she's like, I don't know. They just the answer that came back to me was like, there won't be an apology. And uh, and like on top of that. In the Variety interview, he asked, why do you think Joy was so mad at you? And she says, I don't know. She might have hated me. She could have, like, phoned Joy or texted her and said, hey, maybe we need to talk. Like, let's work this out. But it does not take a rocket scientist to see why Joy was mad at her. She was mad at her because you would stop interrupting her. (laughs) It's like... it's on tape i don't know why like megan acts like this like i don't understand why it has to be like i want i'm going to the producers to ask for an apology like this is allegedly your friend who you fight and Mm -hmm. make up with all the time send her a text and so now you have this story about how the producers are like backing joy and they're not backing me and nobody's in my corner and everybody hates me like I don't know, take some responsibility for it. And no, when you can't, no like, just text somebody. Like, just if this is your friend, text them. I just yeah. think it's wild. And even when you see her, like, going on Hannity and stuff, and they're showing this clip of Joy, they're not showing the lead up to it at all. And they're just looking at it and being like, isn't that crazy how Joy snapped at me? That was wild. I have no idea why she did that. Well, I mean, that's good for Hannity, but literally everybody else in the world 
who follows the view and follows Megan knows exactly what happened. Yeah, but it's just, I don't know how she like can get away with that. Yeah. Can convince herself of this and like go out and say it with a straight face. Yeah. It's also so weird to me that she's like, she's always so concerned about how her family is being perceived and how people are making things up about her family or that her family's vulnerable, either as the McCains or now with her daughter. And it's like, you, then why are you, you have plenty of money. You come from a billionaire family. Why are you doing featurettes in People with Ben Dominic about your like beautiful new baby dog? You don't like why does she do that? She doesn't need to do that. It yeah. just the whole thing, the the public persona and what she says and then how she presents herself on TV and then how she presents herself on Twitter, none of them add up. Yeah, the other thing that came out was this TMZ article that was claiming that the ABC executives were saying that there's Two conflicting things. One of them is saying that Megan was essentially forced out of her role after an internal investigation into the environment said that it wasn't that there was a toxic environment, but it was mostly due to Megan's behavior on and off camera, not her coworkers. And then there's another source that says they found that Megan was the source of a lot of the infighting and ultimately that ultimately played out on the show. And that the president or the ABC chief, Kim Godwin, had to address this head on in an emergency Zoom meeting. It says, we're told many at ABC feel Megan was more often than not the instigator of these arguments or she was the one who kept them going longer. We should say, however, there were some execs at ABC who have confided in TMZ telling us that the environment was hostile and the bullying is what led to Megan's exit. So clearly not all honchos feel the same way. There we go. I just like hate the whole thing because what she said about having post-traumatic anxiety disorder, which like created a lot of paranoia for her regarding Liberty, it did make me feel really bad uh, because I can't imagine, I don't have a daughter, uh, but like as someone who just experiences regular anxiety, I can't imagine what that felt like being in the public eye. So I totally want to empathize with that, but I hate when it's like, it was almost used in a way to be like, well, I was allowed to act irrational, but when people were angry with me, like I shut down and like, I couldn't like just have a conversation with them and and figure out our issues. Well, yeah, she just acts like she was victimized and bullied when she was doing a lot of the bullying. But she also appeared on Watch What Happens Live to promote her book. And Andy asked a very pointed question to her face. He said, if it was so toxic at The View, why does your mom come on and co-host? Got a lot of questions saying if it was so toxic at The View, why does your mom come on and co-host? And why do you want SE to maybe be the next co-host? Because it's a great platform and I'm not a hater. And also, do you take any responsibility at all for the toxicity on The View? We got that a lot. Yeah, you know, that's a really interesting question. And I think only one person was bullied out of their job and doesn't work there anymore. And I think that You really think you were bullied out of your job? Yeah. Okay. I assume she's referring to Abby. <laughs> it's giving Barry Weiss saying that she was bullied out of her job oh when God. really she just quit. Yeah. Like, yes, that's exactly what it is. Um, so I guess she doesn't take any 
uh, responsibility for any of the toxicity. And she also talks about her phone call that she had with Trump at one point where they wanted to respond to like all of the things that Trump had been saying about John McCain. She talks about that in the mm-hmm. book. Very weird conversation. He said, um, it's all fake news. It's a lie. I never did that. I never did that. I never did that. And then Melania, he put Melania on the speakerphone. <laughs> I know it's pretty good tea. You're going to get your money's worth out of my audible yes. biography. Okay. Go on. Um, and then she on. said, um, it was on speaker. And then she said, um, we love you. We love you. And I was like, no, you don't. Mm-hmm. And then Trump released like an official statement about this. It's so cuckoo kaka and song i didn't see trump's statement you didn't know this i didn't see it oh he fully released a statement about megan mccain and her book and he wrote isn't it funny that megan mccain who has always been a bully and basically a lowlife is now complaining that it was she who was bullied by the slobs and radical left maniacs of the view at the request of many of her representatives i made it possible for her father to have the world's longest funeral designed and orchestrated by him even though i was never to put it mildly a fan he goes on to like diss john mccain and it goes on for a while and then he says uh in any event, Megan should fight the communists instead of explaining how they beat her, hurt her, and made her physically ill. So I guess he's calling the view communists. And he says she should fight back against the losers of the view the way she fights against very good and well-meaning Republicans. And she would do herself a world of good. And then Megan retweeted it and said, thanks for the publicity, boomer. Oh, God. That's so <laughs> embarrassing think of like two people who are both making horrible points (laughs) arguing it's like i lost track of like who i was whose side i was supposed to be on because they were they're both just making bad points and dissing the view remember when megan said that she was gonna deactivate her twitter account the day that she left the view yeah yeah I'm, i'm waiting some of us are still waiting. <laughs> it's funny that the very first Variety article, like her first quote started with that there are many demons at The View because I think after all this, there's one less. <laughs> Do you want to hear any more jokes from me? Oh my God. <laughs> You're like Mario Cantone and I'm <laughs> So do you want to hear my takeaways from her book? Would love to. Okay. Well, so I would say the thesis of the book (laughs) is that she wants you to know that she is not a sensitive person. She is not precious and she is very, very strong. But then the book is essentially her detailing all of the ways that our tweets and anything negative that ever happened Mm -hmm. to her actually deeply affected her. (laughs) So it's interesting because she repeatedly in the book is like, I'm not sensitive. And then we'll be like, so when I went on Seth Meyers, it ruined my (laughs) life. So the first like big thing is like, was when she was talking about her, uh, her just after giving birth to Liberty and all of the like depression and stuff that she went through. She said, after she came back to The View and Joy said, I didn't miss you, she said, she doesn't feel like The View is a pro-woman show. And part of that reason is because The View doesn't give maternity leave. 
And she said that all of the other co-hosts who had had babies were welcomed back with confetti and baby presents, and she wasn't. I will say all of the other co-hosts didn't have their babies during COVID, but she's got a point there. And I will also say it is kind of crazy that a show like The View doesn't have maternity leave. Do you think The Federalist has maternity leave? (laughs) Do you think the Federalist is a pro woman place to work? Well, just, that's kind of just my, wondering. That was, my, that was my other thing is like she's saying the complaining that the view is not a pro woman show, but at the same time says she's not a feminist and then credits herself for taking down the women's march. Yep. <laughs> Which is like another thing she writes about in the book, like does give herself full credit for taking down Tamika Mallory. She says that the other co-hosts were allowed to have emotions, but not her. It was always her stuff that leaked and not everyone else's. She says she's not mad about what happened to her and she's not bitter or angry, but she just wants change and she wants women to have maternity leave. Okay, so one of the first things that she talks about after saying that she's not sensitive is she talks about the compilation video that Caleb Stark made of her saying, my father, my father, my father, my father, my father, and right away says how it was so cruel and hurtful and that it weaponized her love for her father. And yet. And yet. In promotion for her book. It's not a book. It's a long podcast. There's no book. There's no (laughs) physical book and there's no written, nothing written down. Just to be clear on that, she used the meme itself and then recorded audio over it saying, my memoir, my memoir, my memoir, my memoir, my memoir. Which I don't get because like if this was so cruel and hurt you so much, then you can't have it both ways. You can't also see the humor in it. That's the thing. It's like her her, like Twitter persona and sometimes her TV persona is... I have, a, I have a sense of humor and I'm mm-hmm. like the culturally in touch one. And then on the flip side, whenever it's convenient for her, she's the victim of vicious online bullying. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So my other takeaway is she says that um, she's not sensitive, but when she went on Seth Meyers to do that interview with him, which I will agree, he was kind of trying a little bit too hard for his viral moment. It was a little bit of Catherine, Mary Catherine Gallagher Ham, Vanessa Bayer, doing <laughs> yeah. trying to do the gotcha moment, just yeah. a little bit. She connects that to her having a miscarriage and says that the stress of that interview and her phone blowing up made her wonder if she was losing her baby because oh of my it. God. She also talks about um, the time that Joy made a joke about... She's not sensitive, but she talks about how Joy made a joke about Megan breastfeeding a cactus and how insensitive it was and how that is what led to her backstage fight with Abby because she felt like Abby didn't stick up for her. But Megan's the only one that was bullied out of the show. (laughs) Another takeaway is she's not sensitive, but she discusses the tweet that she made about... New York being a war zone during the Black Lives Matters protest. And she says that that tweet led to her never returning to New York City. The one about how she lives in the same building and it's fine? Yes. (laughs) She also credits herself for reviving the view from the dead. 
I think she gets some credit. Yeah, she gets some credit there. But she also says that before she came on the show, The View only talked about Kardashians. That's not right. true. One of the more exciting parts of the book is she details exactly how the Janine Pirro thing went down, apparently, oh well, to her at least. And then this part I'm going to read. I, I uh, annotated it. Okay. Mm-hmm. It's a, okay. It says, during commercial break, she said, that went exactly how I fucking thought it would, you cocksuckers. On the way out at the end of the segment, she threw her microphone at me. It hit my chest. Backstage, she started screaming at Whoopi about how she's done more for black women than Whoopi had. Whoopi is normally very calm. The entire time I've worked there, I've seen her truly mad only twice, and I get why Piro would set her off. I don't think you can tell a woman who grew up in the projects that became one of the most famous actresses in America and EGOT winner that her contributions don't count as much as Judge Janine. Backstage, Piro screamed at the producers and the security guards and everyone else. Again, the phrase she kept using was, you cocksuckers. Who says cocksucker, much less shouts it a thousand times? It's the dumbest word. You transcribed it transcribed i was waiting for your annotation (laughs) um there was one part that i thought was very offensive when talking about trump she said she was kind of trying to say why she would defend trump sometimes and she was saying plenty of people on the left have said that anyone who voted for trump is racist and selfish but there are a lot of people out there who can't afford to put their kids into a good school or even put food on the table every night they lost all faith on the people who were in power before them the idea that a poor person is supposed to focus on trans rights or climate change when they're in dire straits is insulting oh my god I can't believe that she is so ignorant that she thinks that, like, it's a privilege to care about trans rights as though trans people are all Caitlyn Jenner. Yeah, it's like, yeah, this is like very, uh, (laughs) this is like the most apparent it's been in a while that she has no understanding of, like, the intersectionality of like poor people also being trans you don't just have to be like richy rich in a ball gown to like care about these issues and yeah like lgbt people and trans people are disproportionately like homeless yeah like i don't know how can you just be so stupid yeah i don't think she would say that out loud on the view but yet well, she, she said clearly it out is in her little book. That's what I'm saying. Like clearly, like when she doesn't have to worry about like the Twitter backlash, mm-hmm. she pops off. Anyways, that sucked, and I read the whole thing, and that's all I got out of you it. You listened to it. There's no book. <laughs> okay, well, I typed it out, and then I read it. You can't it. find it in stores. Don't rush down to Barnes and Noble. <laughs> That is fuck. It really just goes to show the lack of like an understanding and the lack of education about any of those issues. Poverty, trans issues, climate change. Well, and it goes to show why this woman loves to tout her LGBT allyship whenever it's convenient for her, yeah. but says nothing when her husband goes on CNN and calls trans women men. Mm-hmm. And is happily retweeting, but turning off the comments when he does those kinds of things. Like, yeah. she doesn't give a shit. She truly doesn't give a shit. She has mm-hmm. never been an ally, except that her friend is Clay Aiken. 
That reminds me, um, she did say when her husband tweeted about Seth Meyers that he gargles Lauren Michaels' balls, she said that she was furious and made him delete it, but that her friends were telling her that it was hot. Ew. I'm honestly, this book, I'm glad. I hope that this is kind of the end of it because maybe now we can just move on from her. Yeah. But... It's definitely bizarre that she released it so soon after leaving The View. Like, it wouldn't, it doesn't make sense to just immediately Mm -hmm. release this when there's no, like, new perspective or anything. It's like, if this were five or ten years from now and she released it and she was retelling how Joy said, I did not miss you, people might forget and buy it a little more. But, like, we just saw... We saw the videos. It's like still we, on it's YouTube. fresh in all of our minds. Yeah. So it's I weird think, to release this now. I think what literally happened and like the real reason why that happened that it came out so soon is that like she had already made the deal for yeah. an audible book. Like that was announced a very long time ago and then it just didn't happen and I think what was happening was that the conversation was probably well I'm gonna leave the view and the stuff that I'll have to say will be far more interesting and it'll drive sales more than what the original plan was so let's just wait as as long as we can and release it once I'm gone because then I'll be able to say xyz and like it just wasn't the right time but the content was like you know juicier than what it would have been with the original plan it's yeah. like when an artist is in a five album contract with a label and they don't want to be there anymore. And so they just start releasing compilations of this <laughs> material to get out of the deal. Yeah. In yeah. a Christmas album. The agreement. This is, yeah, this yeah. is a Christmas album. Yeah. I want to like put it to bed. So it's like, okay, thank you actually for releasing this now. So I don't have to like relive it later. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, Mara had a little question about the book or related to the book. Hi, Deja the View. It's Mara from Atlanta. Thank you for blessing us with a bonus episode. We've missed you so. Let's start with how come Anna Navarro didn't get any shade from Megan? What do you think Anna would say? And who is your favorite conservative fill-in host? For me, it's Carly and Mia Love. Okay, so we talked about the conservative hosts a little bit in our last mm. episode. I actually forgot, though, about Carly. And Carly was good. I will say that, but we can move on. Well, and there's a lot of history with Carly, too, that I, I want to get into, but I'm just going to do it later. Okay. So, yeah, she asked, why, why did Anna not get any shade from Megan in the book? It's true. There's no mention of Anna in the book and no mention of Sarah in the book um, whatsoever. You would never know that they were on the show with her. You would think it was just Sunny, Joy, and Whoopi. And I, I don't know why. It's a, it's on theme for her to ignore Sa- Sarah. Mm-hmm. And then I think she probably would not mention Anna because she knows that she can't take on Anna in the media. <laughs> Well, she didn't mention Anna by name at all, if that's for sure. But there was an excerpt that I thought was indirectly referencing Anna. And you can tell me if I'm just like reading into it, but I'll read you what she said in the book, in the audiobook. Sorry, Sean. Sorry. The view wouldn't have had the ratings that it did during my four years if I was like the conservative co-host who, who succeeded Elizabeth Hasselbeck. 
Those women agreed with everyone and nodded politely. Now here's the part that I think is like a dig at Anna. The women who once voted Republican and came to find nothing except the ability to trash the party and its members at every possible opportunity. Which also could be like Nicole Wallace too. Um, Yeah. Because she does talk about game change a bit, but she doesn't detail, uh, she doesn't say Nicole's name and she also doesn't detail what's so inaccurate about it. She just says it's inaccurate. Right. Except she says there's a part where it says that John McCain walked around in his underwear and she she was like that was not true but that's oh like the God. only detail really that she gives um but yeah that probably was a shade to anna there yeah for because sure. i was like oh like i guess she would consider anna someone who likes to uh take every opportunity to trash the republican party like that just felt like that was her getting her feelings out about that and then moving on I definitely don't think there's any reason to listen to it that isn't already out there in the media. So you're welcome. Everyone should thank me (laughs) for taking the time to listen to this. And now let's bury it. Let's set it and forget it. Let's set it on fire. In other view update news, view updates from Republican land, Candace Cameron Bure is yet again uh, <laughs> being made fun of for something she posted on TikTok. <laughs> she, it's not even the first time that she's made a social media post incorporating like a drag race meme, but she made a, a TikTok that was like her and it said, um, being the only Republican in Hollywood or something like that. Mm -hmm. And the audio was someone from Drag Race saying, am I the villain? Am I the villain? I don't think I'm the villain. And she's getting dragged for that. Uh, A lot of people on TikTok just saying, literally, who is this? (laughs) (laughs) Also being like, in Hollywood? (laughs) All of the movies that you shoot are filmed in like Saskatchewan. (laughs) (laughs) with fake ice from the fish market so like let's not pretend you've been to hollywood in like 10 years it's so crazy because she must be feeling like a baddie lately because she came (laughs) because she like came out saying that she like doesn't believe that people should have to get the vaccine Mm -hmm. so she must have been getting a lot of backlash and was like "Mm, like let me make a u.s baddie and then uh So people on Twitter were pointing out at like some of the comments that people were leaving on the TikTok and how funny they were. So some of them that I screenshotted are, I'm not sure you're in Hollywood, queen. (laughs) A conservative using a sound from a drag queen titled, I am a socialist. Someone said, that's why you just in Lifetime movies now. This is why they canceled Fuller House. Olsen twins staying away makes total sense now. I hate to say it, I hope I don't sound ridiculous, but I don't know who this woman is. (laughs) Imagine being the eighth most famous actor from a show three decades ago and thinking you're in Hollywood. (laughs) Hallmark movies don't count, sweetie. Wait, genuinely, who is this? Yeah. I saw another TikTok, like, today um, of Candace, and it was, like, her in in like a bicycle shorts and like an oversized sweatshirt and like really ugly sneakers and it was like a sound that was like wait am i princess diana am i 
Am I Princess Diana? And then like a montage of like photos of Princess Diana wearing like her casual outfits. And then it like stitched, someone stitched it and was just like, no. (laughs) (laughs) No, like farthest thing from it. You will never be Princess Diana. No one has even said your name and Princess Diana's name in the same sentence. No. Mm. So she's really going through it on TikTok. It's interesting. Jedediah Bila also came out recently with the same view as Candace, which is that like she doesn't think people should have to get the vaccine. And she's been tweeting nonstop about like anti-vax stuff, which is like another reason why I wouldn't mind Jedediah being a flashback Friday, because I think the last two months on The View, all they have talked about is being pro-vaccine, which is great, but it would be really funny for them to actually have to be confronted with an actual person who disagrees with that and i'm sure it would be a very exciting conversation well i feel like it's gonna happen next friday because unfortunately as exciting as their flashback friday um guessing game is it usually ends up being the person who was featured on behind the table that week and jedediah is on behind the table next week but don't you think so you think they're gonna book anti-vaxxer Jedediah Bila for the Halloween episode as a real as a to really frighten people I guess here's her real spook first she ghosted her phone now <laughs> she's here with us today now she's here to haunt the set interview. in other news the view has launched the Flip My Stool contest. The Flip My Stool. (laughs) The Flip My Stool is something that um, exceeded my expectations because I did not ever think that I would hear them uh, making stool humor. (laughs) And not just stool humor, but stool humor that originated from box humor and the fact that they could no Mm. longer say whoopie's box and they couldn't make a hashtag that was hashtag flip my box box. so they had to think of the next thing (laughs) which was footstool but then whoopie just started shortening it to stool anyway so we ended up with flip my stool box you know remember we were talking about my box Oh, well, yeah. They, they've changed the name of the box to a stool. And so I need some extra support since my shoes can be a hot topic with yeah. the audience. I want the stool, the box, to look good, too. So I'm asking... The dazzled box. Yes, I'm asking viewers to flip my footstool <laughs> box. What? Post on Twitter or Instagram what you think it should look like with a hashtag, flick my stool... <laughs> Flip my footstool. Flip my footstool. Flip my footstool. Flip my no footstool. No wonder they changed it from box to stool. <laughs> so Whoopi is having a problem with her sciatica and she needs a little extra leg support. And mm-hmm. they, I don't know how they came up with this idea because it seems very out of character for them <laughs> to yeah. come up with like fun things like this lately so good for them mm-hmm. they they want us to help decorate it i like the stool it's not as good as when she the season that she had was having back problems and she had an 
purple office chair. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> a purple purple velvet office chair. It was like Prince's yeah. chair. Throne. Yeah. yeah. Does anyone have any ideas? Well, the first thing that springs to my mind is since Rosie is on everyone's lips, do we all remember how Rosie had a retractable stool for her guests and it was like under their seat? Yes. I think maybe they could call the Queen of Nice and ask yes. for some advice. I also, this is where I thought you were going with this. Rosie had an, an obsession, a, a multiple seasons long obsession with decoupage which (laughs) is the art uh it's a crafting technique (laughs) not unlike paper mache but where you kind of just like glue things to add a little flair so you could have like a candle holder and you would glue a type of ribbon or something you had made out of newspaper to add a flair to the candle holder i also got really into decoupage when rosie was into it so that's where my mind went was like Oh my god, yeah, they could ask Rosie to do a crafting segment where they decoupage Whoopi's oh stool box. If they finally if Rosie finally returned with her hot glue gun for she, a yes. crafting segment after promising us that she would come back. Yes. And she said, I told you I've had a hot glue gun and I can travel. That, <laughs> that would, be, would be my season twenty-five wildest dream. That would yes. be good. But unfortunately, I think the Flip Your Stool contest is closed because we saw on Facebook the greatest suggestion you could possibly have. Sean, did you, would you like to do the honors of reading? So posted to the official fan page of The View. Yeah. Angela wrote, Angela wrote into the official fan page of The View on Facebook to say, Hello, Miss Goldberg Johnson. <laughs> I am emailing you this on your personal account. (laughs) Sorry, I haven't read this in a while. I am emailing you this on your personal account pertaining to what you spoke about on The View today in my Eastern Standard Time Zone. (laughs) It's in reference to your footstool. Hmm. As pretty as the rhinestones are, I would like to submit my very own footstool covering of a picture musical footstool covering with all-around picture clippings of your longtime friends, the late Mr. Patrick Swayze and Mr. Robin Williams, a small combination of tiny hearts, rain clouds, and rainbows. Those are emojis. Surrounded by this picture of a tribute song video on my knees beside a bench in the Boston Park in 2014, For your newest one of many, many submitted footstools, I would like to present you Miss C dot 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 J with a musical footstool for you to help uplift you and support those well put upon feet. While hopefully the footstool help brings you some comfort from your friends who are in the boxes. Chap she LOL footstools y'all Angela. I have to assume that um, the way that they address Whoopi as CJ, um, Karen Johnson, (laughs) that this is indeed a very close personal friend. (laughs) (laughs) Especially because she has Whoopi's personal account. Yes, exactly. The official fan page of The View. (laughs) Is there a prize for 
winning the stool contest? No, and it to be honest, it didn't even really seem like they understood the point, um, nor Brian, because they were like, yeah, so just go, and like they were like, where do, where do they go? Go to our website, and Brian was like, yeah, Instagram, Facebook, all that. And they were like, yeah, go there and send them with the hashtag. Uh, and at one point, Whoopi said, flick my stool. <laughs> and they were like, yeah, go there and send them. And there wasn't, there were no, like, the perimeters of, like, what this was were never fully explained. Well, I hope you win, Angela. <laughs> I'm, I would like to see the musical aspect of the footstool. Wonder, <laughs> uh, yeah. What it's song tap dancing. playing? The video, like, I'm imagining, like, an, uh, an LCD, like, screen mm. playing the 2014 video of Angela singing On My Knees in Boston. <laughs> Another thing that happened in the last couple of weeks was um, Hillary Clinton put out a book question mark, with Canadian <laughs> author Louise Penny. And it's like some sort of thriller, thrilling, mystery. Um, I actually intrigue. I actually know very little about the book because I was just mesmerized, absolutely captivated <laughs> off my feet at their on-screen chemistry when they made a joint appearance on The View. So they came out onto, they, well, they, did they come out? Almost. Um, so they, <laughs> so well, they, can, do you, can you also speak to the comment she made to Whoopi? Yes, okay, so, so okay. Their, their, um, their segment begins and they're explaining, yes, we wrote a book together and, and I think Whoopi kind of made something like, oh, I would love to write a book with you and then louise penny is like well maybe i'll move on to you next whoopee and then like turns to hillary clinton and is like sorry i i don't remember exactly what she said was it like sorry babe or like sorry sweetie or, or sorry honey she said something to whoopee that was like oh don't give me the chance yeah. oh. <laughs> you come and see me sometime yeah she was like sorry honey to hillary clinton then turned to Whoopi and was like don't tempt me please welcome louise penny (laughs) thank you i mean you no no, thank you you, i'm leaving hillary for you now Sorry, Don't say that. I have a book in mind. <laughs> but it, you're just terrific. And oh, you think it's for characters. A book. <laughs> we'll talk. It was Cuckoo Insano. So their chemistry, like Hillary Clinton and Louise Penny's chemistry, the only time I've ever seen something that was like so similar was the couple in Best in Show that is comprised of Jane Lynch and Jennifer Coolidge. That was the exact same energy that they were given yes. on this appearance on The View. And I was like, I cannot believe that this happened. And also that like no one, it really flew under the radar. And then like the way that they were like, and we have a gift for you. Yes. And it took so long for them to reveal what the gift yeah. was. Well, Sherry, wait, and then- wait, wait, wait. Because Sherry says to her like, She's like, I heard you have gifts for us. And then Louise is like, oh, <laughs> really? You heard? You heard what? Like, she thinks they have all morning. 
Yes. She's like act like teasing Sherry as if like gifts for you? Wait, yeah. gifts for all of you? No. <laughs> she thinks she's on CBC's The National and she has all yes. the time in the world. Exactly that. It's CBC Radio 3, the like 7 a.m. slot. Um, <laughs> With Wendy Mesley. <laughs> but then the gift is like pajamas, basically. It's yes. Like, and they um, had to. So they explain through their like flirting banter that. They're gifting moose-printed pajamas because Louise Penny is Canadian after all. And when they would FaceTime each other in the evenings to go over the book, they would both be in bed and be wearing their pajamas. And there's a part in the book that they tease where a character from the book is wearing moose-printed pajamas on, on a work call. And they were, like, giddy recalling this story. Mm -hmm. Louise is a genius at creating really interesting, intriguing, very human characters. And one of the characters is in a very intense virtual (laughs) top-secret conference (laughs) wearing moose pajamas because that's what they do in canada she told me well not I, I, only told you we were we would have to facetime because we couldn't get together right right yeah. it was a pandemic so, so we said you know let's facetime at, at seven o'clock fine 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 so we'd face we're both in bed <laughs> it's seven p.m. we're in bed so now yeah. she sees me in my flannel moose pajamas <laughs> and mocks me mercilessly for yes. the next 11 yeah. months that's true so, i did it was infectious. I was right along there with them. Like, I, like, forgot that it was Hillary Clinton. <laughs> and I was like, I'm so happy for this lesbian couple promoting their yeah. book on The View. The gift was, like, moose-printed onesies. I'm hoping that Hillary Clinton can pull some of her Secretary of State strings and have Louise Penny awarded Margaret Atwood's revoked Order of Canada. <laughs> That's my wish. I've never read a Louise Penny novel, but after that appearance, I'm starting. <laughs> There's an energy there that's very uh, magnetic <laughs> for other women to be around. Mm-hmm. Of all of the times that they've mentioned or had Hillary Clinton on The View, for me, this was number one. Yeah, I would actually give Louise the seat at the table. <laughs> uh, okay, in other news standout moment we had a special surprise uh guest co-host week-long experience from sherry shepherd and this was my reaction when they announced it that regina (laughs) they posted this video of sherry like warming up the audience and the regular warm-up comedian (laughs) regina which is the correct way to respond to being in the presence of sherry shepherd yeah i just felt like my prayers were answered that week that sherry spent with us also from like day one 
she was wearing a dress that had like slit down the leg because she, the guest co-hosts are sitting in the Megan seat. So she made sure she had a dress on that had a slit down the left leg so that her skinny, her one skinny leg was mm-hmm. on display. Oh, yeah. The whole episode. The, the slim leg hive Fed. did not go hungry that week. She put her whole leg into it. <laughs> <laughs> she stepped out on that stage leg first. <laughs> <laughs> that? So stupid. She really had a leg up on the other co-hosts. So that was magical. And with that, why don't we discuss, because it's been a long time, let's discuss some hot topics. What hot topics are you doing? The first thing I wanted to discuss is this hot topic that they did with Sherry about how I don't know if there was a lot of context, but it was apparently more black women are becoming gun owners. Mm-hmm. And they were like, discuss. Yeah. And knowing what I know, I know that Whoopi is a gun owner. Sunny didn't seem to be a gun owner, but said she does know more black women or she has friends that are becoming gun owners that are black women. Um, and then we did this topic, I feel really just to reveal that Sherry Shepard is a new gun owner. Yes. Sherry's got a gun. Yeah, it did seem like the whole point was for any possible uh, house robbers, cat, uh, <laughs> cat burglars to know that uh, Sherry is packing heat and that she keeps it in her bedside table with, among other things. <laughs> I don't know if I'm proud. I'm just, I'm just, that's the only thing I feel like I'm doing. We have, I get it. We have to, I'm sorry. Yeah. We have to go. I, I feel if I got a gun, I'd shoot myself. I'd, be, I'd be shoot myself in the foot. I'm such a klutz. <laughs> Keep it in a place where I keep my gun. I keep my gun next to my, um, next to, in the drawer next to my special toy. So if oh, you come in my house, right. if you come in my house, you're going to get a happy ending or ending. <laughs> so I feel like this entire topic was just a setup for Cherry to make that joke. Yes. Um, and if that's the, also the entire reason that she was there that week, um, worth it. And suddenly <laughs> I think I'm pro gun. I like that Joy said that she couldn't have a gun or should shoot herself dot 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 in the foot yes (laughs) the audience wasn't laughing and then she was like oh my god i meant in the foot i also want to talk about some hot topics that were a little bit more tense in particular between sunny and condoleezza rice Mm. on her day which was also Sunny's birthday <laughs> celebration. One of them was when they were talking about uh, Steve Bannon because I guess he was voted to be held in criminal contempt for his role with the insurrection. And they were talking about how Mitch McConnell was saying, maybe it's time to let bygones be bygones and we should stop talking about this thing that happened in the past and move on. Uh, and so they were discussing this and Condoleezza was kind of echoing that a little bit. Uh, She was saying that she thinks it's very, very wrong what happened on that day of the insurrection, but she also kept saying, we need to move ahead with the next generation of leaders. So 
kind of saying a similar type of thing. I think I think it's 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 really politically expedient for for Mitch McConnell to say let's move on let's move on, especially when uh, the former twice impeached disgraced president um, it, it enjoys attacking Mitch McConnell. But the problem is that past will become prologue if we don't find out exactly what happened January. And 6th. we will. So it's not it's not time right we, now. We will we will find out. We, we must I, find we out. We will find out. Moving on. We will find out. But I'm yeah. going to tell you, I live in California, not Washington, D.C. Mm-hmm. And the American people do have other concerns that we ought to be thinking about I, and talking about. Respectfully, and Madam so, Secretary, I think... Well, the, let, uh, me, let me finish mm-hmm. now, Sonny. I don't want to, like, reduce it to the how trivial um, that the conversation between Tara Reid and Jenny McCarthy was on that um, time on the Sirius radio show when they were, like, uh, fighting, and it was very tense, but they were fighting by being like (laughs) good luck with sharknado 17 but the interaction between condoleezza and sunny did remind me of that where they were being like well like saying their points in a delivering it with a smile but like really cutting deep it was very that, yeah. I uh, I know people were saying, like, who was your favorite conservative guest host? And, like, in no way, shape, or form do I think Condoleezza Rice should permanently be on that panel. But I definitely was the most entertained by her discussions. It's so rare that someone can go toe-to-toe with Sunny. Mm-hmm. But it was, like, kind of refreshing to see, like... Sunny disagreeing with someone, but that person to also be like very credible and not just saying, not just like talking over her and interrupting her. Yeah. It was kind of a fascinating thing to see. Yeah. There was like a couple interesting things going on with this back and forth. One was that it was a, another good example of the difference of having an audience versus not having an audience because it was the first time I saw that Sunny delivered the former disgrace, twice impeached President right. Trump line where Sunny the audience was on fire this day where the audience like erupted into laughter like they had never heard that before but also like all the other times it was like even when they were introducing this segment they're like Mitch McConnell and the audience is like boo said about January 6th (gasps) like it was like a pantomime it was so bizarre Um, which is how the view is meant to be viewed yeah (laughs) and that's with like uh a lower capacity audience imagine if it was full but then it was like in their back and forth they were like there was it was something about a poll right and that's when Condoleezza Rice was like well I'm a political scientist so I want to see the questions and the bias in that poll and Sonny was like well I've read the poll so I know the questions but when you have, and that's what I'm ready to but do but when you have 80% of Republicans wanting to see Trump run in 2024 you know what, you know what? I'm, a, I'm, a political, I'm a political scientist all right mm-hmm. and unless I could see the questions that were actually in that poll Unless I could see the assumptions that were actually in that poll, I'm not going to take for granted that that poll is correct. So Quinnipiac, you don't believe in that? Uh, no, I said I'm a political scientist. I understand polls. <laughs> it was so annoying, though, that Sarah interrupted the back because it was just about to escalate to a point that was going to get really juicy. And then Sarah cut Sonny's next line off, where I feel like that's where Sonny would have been like, well, I'm a journalist. And Sarah's like, I just think the Republican Party needs to find some common ground. There was also another topic where it was like just getting good between Condi and Sonny. (laughs) And uh, Whoopi had to cut it short. And that's when they were talking about um, this 
I guess in Virginia, there's been a debate going around about how much of a uh, how much parents should have a say in the school curriculum about things like sex ed and and race and specifically they said critical race theory so Condoleezza like immediately off the bat is like I sure hope seven-year-olds aren't being taught critical race theory and uh basically kind of goes on to say that like her her bigger point being that like she just thinks it would be terrible for white children to grow up feeling guilty and that it actually disempowers black people to learn this sort of thing because she wants them to feel like they can do anything and she does not want uh seven-year-olds to feel guilty Condoleezza's point was so fucked and like Joy eventually had to be like I promise you (laughs) that the race theory that's being taught is like they're not making little white kids feel bad like that's not a thing I promise you that's not happening and Condoleezza was like oh yes it is that is what's happening like in what world am I living in we're like this is the conversation that's happening where Joy is like, you do not have to worry about that. That's not what's happening. Like, Yeah, I didn't totally understand her point. At one point, she was like, we don't have to make white children feel bad in order to make uh, black children feel better. And Sunny just went, how does that happen? <laughs> like, and she never got an answer. And Sunny started to say that she thinks like there's been a bit of a rollback of history and that's when it really started to get good because Condi was like, no, 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 no. But that's when the conversation got cut short. People want to hide history. Oh, I don't. And, no, come, well, come well yes, yes, that, that is true. Uh, 45 and what, seconds, and what, and what we are seeing is this, this rollback of history. Parents don't want children to hear about the real history. And when we teach children about the real history, I think that is when we will really have true people are racial being, reconciliation. People are being told- People are being taught the true history, but I just have to say one more thing. It goes back to how we teach the history. That's what I'm saying. We teach the good and we teach the bad of history. But what we don't do is make seven and ten-year-olds feel that they are somehow bad people because of the color of their skin. We've been through that, yeah. yes. and we don't need to do that well, again. We don't want anybody anyone. to feel that. Precise that's that's, that's the idea. That, 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 doesn't seem to be, that doesn't seem to be part of the plan. Oh, it no. is part of the yeah. plan. I mean, I'm you know, sorry. So um, I definitely thought Condoleezza actually gave us the most uh, exciting content out of all of the guest co-hosts, even though I would never support her being... I was surprised at the level that she came in at for a one-day guest co-host. Can we just quickly talk about sperm? Mm -hmm. Let's talk about sperm for a a quick moment here while we're here. Anonymous sperm? Yeah, because they were talking about sperm donors. The question being like, should sperm donors be able to remain anonymous because apparently some kids of donors are campaigning to change the rules so that they can know who their father is. And they were talking about, is this a good idea or should the donors be entitled to their privacy? And the reason that I thought this was a good hot topic is because it led to Whoopi saying that she knows a lot of a lot of the donors that she knows were getting $25 a pop, to which Joy replied, do you know a lot of sperm donors? <laughs> To which Whoopi replied, yes, actually. I will say that most of the sperm donors I know uh, were getting $25 at mm-hmm. a pop. 
Pardon the... Well, in, in the old days. You know you a know? lot of sperm talk? I do. Because <laughs> lots of, listen, lots of guys were doing that because yeah. that's how, it's you know, it's, 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 it, yeah. that's how they made some money. <laughs> when Whoopi said uh, $25 a pop, my mind immediately went to Phaedra Park's read of Kenya Moore, where she said that Kenya's baby daddy was a man who got ten dollars mm. to go buy yes. himself a medium-sized pizza. Yes, if if anyone at the View was aware that the L word is a TV show that exists, they would have um, put it in someone's ear that this would have been a great opportunity to once again bring up Rosie O'Donnell because one of the storylines <laughs> that uh, Rosie's character is somewhat directly involved in revolves around this exact hot topic of should a sperm donor uh, should you reveal who the sperm donor is if the child is requesting it it didn't go well on the l word but that would have been a great example for them to use here unfortunately this cast of view co-hosts they just don't seem as up on the l word (laughs) as they should be that's why we need a young progressive lesbian Louise Penny. (laughs) (laughs) 64-year-old Louise Penny. If you had to take this seriously and answer the question, Mm -hmm. do you think that sperm donors should be able to remain anonymous? Mm -hmm. I always prefer my sperm donors anonymous. I heard that about you. Um, If I had to take it if I had to take it seriously, Sean, um, (laughs) I would say, yeah, I think that they should if that's what the if everyone is agreeing to like if that's what the agreement is when the sperm donation is made and then purchased Mm -hmm. then i think that you should have to uh uphold that agreement you can't willy-nilly go back on a contract yeah it puts people it puts the donor in a very strange place where they're suddenly getting a much more out of the 30 dollar deal than they bargained for Mm -hmm. So I just think that you should go into it fully accepting the terms of of the agreement. Is it? It must be. I'm sure this is already the system. Like there must be like some that are remain Mm -hmm. anon and some that are it's okay to contact me. Mm -hmm. And like there's that seems like a fine system. Which I but it is. I guess I do feel for the kids who are just like, oh, I wish I knew who my biological father was. But um. Who can never be yeah. sure? That, I never really thought about it, Whoopi. Yeah. So what the where the discussion led to on The View was that then Whoopi kind of was like starting to make a point of like, will this prevent, like, will this make people stop donating if suddenly now it's like not anonymous and the information will be open? Will it prevent people from making the donations? Will there be a shortage but then that like immediately turned into like a 180 of being like, there will never be a shortage of sperm. There's a lot of sperm. And then Joy took it too far and said, a lot of sperm spillage. <laughs> is there a sperm shortage or there? No, there's, 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 there's a lot. There's never sperm shortage. Listen. There's no sperm shortage. No. Never, no. never. Lot, That's one thing you sperm, don't have to worry about. There's a about, lot of sperm spilling. Not being able to find. Yeah. <laughs> you know, oh, Sorry. yes. You notice they go like this, say, no, wrap it up, wrap it up. Yeah. 
You know what I'm talking about. <laughs> if Anna had been sitting oh on the God. panel that day, I can only imagine mm. what would have happened. We would all be not, we wouldn't be here because we would have laughed ourselves <laughs> into an early <laughs> to death. sickness. Yeah. Into an early grave. <laughs> Okay, well, speaking of wrap it up, we need to wrap it up. Mm. Oh, actually, there was one more little voice memo from friend Danny Pellegrino. Here it is. Hi, Deja The View. I'm not sure if you'll be able to hear this voice memo, but I wanted to send a message and just make sure that you're aware. Um, I know you're aware of The View podcast, Beyond the Table, uh, but I just wanted to make sure that you cover at some point on your podcast the interview that Joy Behar did with Debbie Mantinopoulos, where Joy uh, compared Debbie Mantinopoulos to Judy Garland. I just think it's important that uh, it's something we all talk about. And so um, just want to bring it to your attention. I love you. Okay, bye-bye. I think it's interesting that Danny Pellegrino brought up this podcast because I think what he's actually doing is nudging us to uh, give him the point finally in the trivia game where he couldn't come up with the name of the number one view podcast, <laughs> which now is no longer Deja the View. It's Correct. behind the table. Yeah. But also thank you for your service for pointing out that uh, Joy apparently compares Debbie Matinopoulos to Judy Garland in the podcast. I did listen to that one. And she's talking about how Debbie was so young at The View and that so many people who find stardom or are like thrust into the limelight at that age kind of like can be messed up after the fact. And she could have like really, her career could have bombed after and she could have gotten into drugs and alcohol and into the party scene and et cetera, et cetera, but that she didn't do that. And Joy's like, you know, you see it so often. You see it with Judy Garland, for example. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. I'm a little behind on behind the table, but we are going to talk about it at a later date, um, as well as more on our ranking of the conservative co-host. So don't worry. We will get to all of that soon. I, anything else you'd like to say, Elizabeth? Because this is just getting good. <laughs> okay, well, I did have something to say that I wanted to share with the audience because I I love our listeners, and I think that the that these people will appreciate what I have to offer them, which is I watched a movie um, last night on Netflix called Deadly Illusions. It stars, what is her name? Kristen... Mm, Charlotte York from Sex and the City. <laughs> okay, the woman who plays Charlotte on Sex and the City, it stars her, and it stars Kelsey Grammer's daughter. And it is about a nanny who works for Charlotte, and Charlotte falls, becomes obsessed with this nanny, and from start to finish, there was not one second where I was bored. It is like the movie Chloe, but like if Chloe was like on steroids and just absolutely bonkers. So if you find yourself in the next few weeks with a little downtime and you're thinking, God, I am missing the maniacal laughter of Marie from Deja the View, 
you can watch this movie called Deadly Illusions and you can pretend like we're watching it together. And then if you actually have any comments about Deadly Illusions, leave a voice memo and I will address them in a future oh episode, okay? So that is what I had to say. Thank you, Kevin, for the floor. So you've heard of Joy's Comedy Corner. Well, now it's time for Marie's Movie Corner. <laughs> exactly. Thank you. Okay. Sean... No, anything, anything to pitch? Yeah, uh, if anybody is a fan of the Elizabeth Hasselbeck show Survivor, you might like my new podcast, Drop Your Buffs. Yes. With A-list guests. A-list guests. We talk to former players of Survivor, and I hope one day Elizabeth Hasselbeck will jump on the pod. Make sure you check out Drop Your Buffs and Deadly Illusions. <laughs> And while you're at it, have a great day and take a little time to enjoy Flipping Whoopi's Stool. Hit it, Abby. Your face, your scalp, your lip, your hand, your body. It triggers your body to create its own collagen. Your face, 